1984, not just the name of a great book, but the year that a young boy walked into a large shop and took a rubber car and hid it in his pocket and was caught by his father later that day playing with said rubber in the shape of a car. What surprised his father was when three days later, having taken that rubber back to the said shop, the father found him playing with an identical car in his bedroom still, because the boy, age six, had taken two rubbers, been caught with one, and had taken one back to the shop, apologized for it, and carried on playing with the other rubber uh, thereafter. If you train a child in the way that he should go, he will not depart from it. <laughs> Such is the confession of my six-year-old self. Uh, my father did his best to try and stop me from being a thief. Uh, today is the scripture verse, you shall not steal, Exodus 20, verse 15. Intriguingly, 79% of, uh, of the U.S. population, at least, admit that they will, would steal or would consider stealing from their employer. Uh, and CNN, the news agency, reported that one out of every three businesses goes out of business because of employee theft. <laughs> Stealing is clearly more than just a six-year-old taking a rubber from a shop, although presumably the heart of the matter is the same heart of the matter wherever. If you fast forward to 1994, stick your VHS tape into a VHS tape player, what's the first thing that comes on? A uh, very fast-moving, flashing advert that tells you that uh, video piracy is stealing and you wouldn't tolerate someone breaking and entering into your house. Why, therefore, are you buying um, uh, copied videotapes? Fast forward to 2004. I'm in China buying lots of knockoff DVDs <laughs> of different films, which uh, some of which are still in the vicarage, to my shame. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, how easily um, what we see as trivial things happen um, without us acknowledging them. And uh, if you fast forward again 10 years to one of the great economic crashes, you'll hear the, uh, the refrain, it's the bankers who are the biggest thieves, the respectable people in their pinstripe suits who have been stealing from the poor, but obviously not looking like criminals on the outside. Much theft is quiet and unspectacular. Apparently, respectable and civilized people, say J. John, carry out far more stealing than we, than we would like to think. Taxes evaded, mortgage applications are manipulated, grant applications are faked, and phony business loans are claimed on spurious cash flow figures. I've recently been giving out uh, gifts to people who have been involved in a Christian conference, and. Um, I have to put a rider at the bottom of it that this is, um, this, you have to declare this on your tax form um, because it's not been tax cut already. But how easy is it just to forget that it was a thing and then to have to go to the hassle of declaring on tax form? How easy is it to uh, commit a very minor um, but nevertheless uh, real fraud? It's uh, very easy for someone in a workplace to take paper or envelopes from the workplace for their own personal use. If you're familiar with the great British Prime Minister, um, 
much lamented and, uh, at the moment, uh, William Gladstone. He uh, used to keep his own personal purchase stationery in his desk at number 10 Downing Street because he didn't want to be accused or to be guilty of breaking this commandment in any way. He didn't want to use paper uh, that would be assigned for government use for his own personal use. He was very, very systematic and careful about doing that. This might seem over the top, and uh, it might seem that there's yeah, probably a, a gray area that we can, we can work with and, and get away with. Um, we may even feel entitled to it. After all, I work very hard. What's a bit of paper to the big firm that I work for or the, uh, the place that I live in? They, they won't notice. They won't mind. Um, but there is an irony, uh, again, from J. John, that the current epidemic of theft should cause us to think. On the one hand, he says, we're more prosperous as a society now than we've ever been. If you think about the average home, we've got flushing toilets, <laughs> We have electronics, we've got wardrobes full of disposable clothes, uh, many people have, uh, have a car, our stores are full of goods to purchase, and many of us live a lifestyle uh, with cars, meals out, vacations that 20, 30, 40 years ago would have belonged only to the most affluent people of society. But everyone wants just a little bit Oh, it's like a, a thing, isn't it? There's a, there's a book out called Affluenza, and it just looks at how that affluence is almost like a disease. It sort of begins to control us and grip us. We always want more. So at the heart of the matter uh, are the lies behind the plague of stealing that we've come to accept. Um, and J. John says that there are uh, things, theft, and idolatry to look at. And this is, I think it's very helpful. And one factor is that we've made idols of money and things. We've already seen how all of the Ten Commandments are linked in different ways, and the last three of these commandments, which prohibit coveting, lying, and theft, are all very linked. It's very difficult uh, to seriously want to steal something without coveting, and it's very hard to, to have a theft without also lying. There's a sort of a linkage in there. Um, and w one of the things is that we've made things that are good things uh, and worship them as if they were God. And that distorts our sense of value. Uh, Jesus said, didn't he, you can't serve two masters. You can't love God and love money. Um, you can't be controlled by money and the love of money and still be under the control of God. And so one of our big problems is who is God in our lives. What do we want? Do we want just a little bit more, a little bit more? Or do we want more of God? And he says that if you're a Christian, one of the things you have to recognize is that this life is temporary and passing. And actually, we don't have a right over property or wealth. It's just temporarily loaned to us by the King of Heaven who owns everything. He owns the land register of the UK. If we happen to have a piece of land which we believe is ours, there's a fundamental law deeper than the law of the land that says it's all God's. The earth is the Lord's and the heavens are his throne. Um, so if we get into the habit where we see all the things we have a bit like a borrowed book from a library that we're going to have to return one day, it automatically starts to change 
uh, the way we see what we have called up till now our possessions. One day, it will all go back to God's. And it will also affect what we do if we think of taking something that isn't ours. We're not just taking it from our employer or the people that we live near or the shop that we've stuffed something in our pocket from or from the tax man. We're also robbing from the person who fundamentally owns it more than we do and more than they do. We're also robbing God when we rob an employer or a shop or, or the tax system. And stealing, he says, is an insult to God's generosity. Um, God's given us so many things in the world. When we live like we want more, more, more to the point where we're prepared to break a command and take from someone else, we're insulting what God's already given us when we haven't learned to count our blessings and be content with what we've got. So, is it possible to avoid theft in a world where theft has become commonplace? And it, uh, it looks like there are some ways that we could do this. One is by being honest about theft. Um, very few people will look in the mirror and go, I'm a thief. You know, there's not a theft anonymous group that I'm aware of, although it is possible to have a medical condition of uh, kleptomania, where, where you almost compulsively steal. Um, very few people look themselves in the mirror and go, my name's Richard, and I'm a thief, um, in the way that you might with uh, some other uh, ailments. Um, and so we have a sea of words that, that obscure the fact we've stolen something. I borrowed it, I've acquired it, I helped myself to it. A soothing words, but stealing is stealing. Uh, sometimes we, um, we, we justify theft, or people can, as a social protest or a political protest. Um, you know, standing up to the man, standing up to the rich. It doesn't matter if I break into this thing. You see it on the streets of Paris at the moment with the, the yellow jacket brigade. You know, it doesn't matter that I'm doing an incredible amount of looting of shops because I've got a fundamental cause that I'm protesting. But stealing is uh, stealing. Um, and a bit like that DVD video where we're, we're repulsed by the idea of someone stealing from a poor child in a hospital. Um, so it's the same standard, whoever it is against. This is still an absolute breach of an absolute commandment. Uh, every breach, of course, has a cost. Tax evasion, presumably, if you run it through, is costing someone an operation somewhere in a hospital. It's costing a child a chance of education. It's costing a pork hill from being filled in. There's always a cost of what we see as our saving. Um, obviously, there's a cost to a victim as well, of a, a particularly of a violent crime or an identity theft. Uh, if you've ever had the experience of someone breaking into your house or into your car, there's a violation that you feel after that, isn't there? There's a, there's a very real cost. It's not neutral in any way. Um, and identity theft, I'm told, feels even worse than that when someone manages to grab your identity and, and take on your persona as well. Um, so is it possible to, to do more than just be honest about theft? Can you also make amends? And... Um, J. John tells this uh, lovely story in his book of when he became a Christian and he felt very convicted of some books that he'd stolen from a bookshop. 
So he goes into the bookshop and, and approaches the cashier and says, um, I've become a Christian, I follow Jesus, here are all these books that I took. Um, uh, I, I, I need to give them back to you and I'm very sorry. He gets ushered into the manager's office and the manager is dumbfounded and he says, well, I can either call the police or bill you for the books, but seeing as no one has ever, ever brought books back to the store again, I'm just going to let you go. And he walks out of the shop relieved. There's a lovely sense of not being tied by what you've stolen if you go and make amends. It's, the, it's what happened in the story of Zacchaeus in, in Luke's Gospel, isn't it? The, the man who is the tax collector says, if I've stolen from anyone, I'll pay back to them even more so. I mean, a nice way of balancing the books for ourselves. So we can make amends. We can seek integrity. It's always good to try and live a life of integrity in the first place. Um, not just in our, our finances, in our tax returns, um, in our personal relationships. When we've uh, borrowed from someone, um, how about we do an audit of our, of our shelves at home, our books at home, and see which one of them have still got, as a couple of my books have got, um, a certain college library on the inside, <laughs> or even a public library, or a friend's book. It's easy to forget who you quote unquote borrowed something from and if you end up having it for more than a few months it's very close to theft isn't it even though you have permission to take it in the first place it's interesting uh, have integrity in person relationships integrity in work is another interesting thing if you've volunteered for something or been paid for something and you haven't put your best into it is that maybe a form of stealing from an employer whether it's a, for financial reasons or for, for time reasons. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, there's a proverbial story of a manager who uh, says to someone, someone's wanting a job, he says, sorry, I can't hire you. There isn't enough work to keep you busy. And the lazy would-be employee says, you'll be surprised how little it takes to keep me busy. <laughs> uh, laziness is a form of, of stealing from an, from an employer. Um, if you're committed to something, then you should work as if you're working to, to God. Um, and also, if you were at the other end, if you're the business owner or a manager, you shouldn't rip people off. You shouldn't shortchange people. Uh, I've been trying to teach my children about advertisements recently, and I've been trying to put into their head the idea that the people who get to put up photos on billboards selling you products ought to pay you for the right to do it. <laughs> They're invading your, your face, your consciousness. Um, uh, now, of course, if they're making a radio go on or a TV go on, that's, that's the payment. They're allowing you to have this thing. But if they're just invading you on a billboard, I'm with Banksy there. It's graffiti. You know, put whatever you like over the top of it. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a public defacing of our, of our environment. I, and how many of those, although they might reach the ASA required limits, are actually pretty close to lies, you know? There was, a, there was a particular horrific campaign a couple of years ago. Are you, are you body ready for the summer? And just the, all of the things there lying to you that you have to look a certain way in order to be happy or content. And these things should be called out as lies. Uh, so we need to have integrity um, in work, in relationships, publicly, uh, corporately, and, uh, and nationally um, is uh, too topical to go into today. Uh, national integrity <laughs> just feels a bit too close to the bone. Um, 
in the, the tragic political situation we're in. We'll save that for our prayers later on. So we need to get the right attitudes. We need to hate what is greedy and we need to love giving if we're not going to be in breach of this commandment not to steal. And we need to hate greed. It's so easy to be greedy. Only I had as much as they do. But we need to know that by the standards of most people who've ever lived in the world ever, we're incredibly well off, all of us. And by the standards of most people alive now, we're incredibly well off. Uh, by the standards of Jesus' day, we're incredibly well off. A bishop in South America, Don Helder Kamara, once said, I used to think when I was a child that Christ might have been exaggerating when he warned about the dangers of wealth. Of, of wealth. Today, I know better. I know how very hard it is to be rich and still keep the milk of human kindness. Money has a dangerous way of putting scales on one's eyes, a dangerous way of freezing people's hands, eyes, lips, and hearts. And do we hate greed in our lives? It's a really important thing to, to loathe, to be careful about not being hooked by. And do we love giving as a rebellion against greed? Are we people who are incredibly generosity? Are we people who who love to give away of our time, our, our, our homes, our talents, uh, our material things, and of course our money as well. A generosity is the perfect antidote to stealing. You've got a generous heart. You're not trying to accumulate, you're not trying to gain for yourself. Uh, you're less likely to be gripped by the temptation to steal. It comes from a place of contentment overflowing. And lastly, we need to trust God. And not everything that we want is always at our fingertips. Some things are out of our control. Some things we can't do much about. Sometimes we think if it was just me, it wouldn't impact me. But I want to provide for my spouse, my child, my grandchild, my friend, my whoever. Therefore, I'll bend the rules for their sake. But we need to remember that God is the great provider. Um, God is the great provider. And it dishonors his name if we steal when we think we're stealing uh, to provide for someone else because he's the one who is the great provider that we can wait for. Now, of course, when you start to reflect on this, you, you may find yourself going very naturally to the story of Les Miserables or something like that, an extreme condition where someone steals out of absolute poverty and desperation and the, the lovely story of how the priest then enables the thief to go away with his best and so forth. Of course, sometimes there are exceptions uh, where you just go, yep, fair play. If you're starving, taking a loaf of bread seems perfectly reasonable. But that's not really the heart of the matter for us, is it, <laughs> by and large? Um, the heart of the matter for us is what's got control of us, greed or giving? Contentment or discontentment, God, or uh, mammon, stuff. And the invitation of this commandment is, if you just put God first, the desire to steal will begin to fall away. And the desire to honor him in it, every part of you will increase and increase and increase. So do not steal. I'm going to have to go and sort out my DVD collection. Uh, how about you? <laughs> God bless his word to us today. Amen.